You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. I kept Kleenex in business in the late 90s. Mike Awesome might have fucked to knock his wife. But just say no to this pay-per-view. Wait, were you making a death joke? Told you we should have gone to the donkey show. Stop choking yourself. It's either death or defecation. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm Adam, I'm your designated host, and they are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. Step off. I'm doing the hump. And this is Scott, educating the masses one drink at a time. Thank you all very much for joining us. We've got a fun episode planned for you. This particular episode is the first one of our set that we are recording tonight. So we got some uh, news to share. Uh, first off, Scott, I know you want to uh, put a good friend over. Yes, a good friend of mine, Tim, has started up a podcast, basically shining a big spotlight on the Fig Life community. Tim has started up a podcast called Pulling Up a Chair, comes out weekly, and you can find it basically wherever you find Fully Posable and Drunk Wrestling History at. You'll also find Tim's podcast, Pulling Up a Chair. It's awesome. Make sure you check it out. Sounds good. Thank you, Scott. I, uh, in particular, want to give a shout out. So, uh... We forgot to do this at the last recording as well, but still want to make sure uh, to do so. Uh, A few weeks ago, uh, the week before WrestleMania, I hosted the uh, Wrestling Trivia Night. And uh, it was just a lot of fun, just uh, talking so much shit and uh, just talking wrestling, playing a game. It was so great. I want to give a shout out to Alexis uh, from Down for the Count podcast. Uh, checked out a few few shows, she and her group really know their stuff and, uh, just, just having, uh, a great, uh, conversation, uh, with her and with everybody. That was just such a fun night. So make sure that you check that out down number four, the count. So down for the count, uh, available on the podcasting platforms. Good show. Check out what they have. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into the show, Adam. Let's do this. You got drinks. I got drinks. Two hours late. What else is new? This is a drunk podcast. We are taking this this episode back to the year of our Lord, 2005. This is when Eddie and Scott were in the know. Fresno for the Royal Rumble. Actually, Scott was not there. I was not, unfortunately. I thought the way you told me. Okay, never mind. Eddie was in the know. I was there and I actually can't remember who I went with. Hmm. Which is ridiculous. Like, I mean, I think I went with one of my fucking brothers, but I don't actually, I can't remember that for sure. It was 16 years ago. Um, and I drink. But um, <laughs> I was there. It was, I was there and it was, I think it was the last time I went to Fresno. I'm pretty sure it was the last time I've been in Fresno, which is, you know, a, a blessing to not be in Fresno since then. <laughs> the last time you were in Fresno was in season 18. season 18 episode one of the rumble i would say the only downside of not being in fresno is not being at the doghouse grill which is located right across the street from the save mart center that place is amazing oh they're sponsoring us now uh 
I'm just a nice guy. Whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then let's never mention them again unless yeah. they start sponsoring us. <laughs> Screw them. No free plugs on this show, damn it. Yep. yep. No Pornola na- without Cashola. Unless your name is Porky's. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> yeah. you okay. Yeah, Porky's right. will always get a free plug. Uh, first off, a uh, fun fact about this particular Royal Rumble. This is the uh, second shortest distance between Royal Rumble and upcoming WrestleMania, which is, uh, this case, for 2005, 226 miles because 21 would be at the Staples Center. The closest would be Rumble 94 in Providence, Rhode Island, leading up to WrestleMania 10. That's 180 miles. Second closest is... 96, also in Fresno, and uh, WrestleMania was at the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim. Well done, Adam. Those were fun facts. I didn't know that. Those were those fun. Those were fun. I, it was so fun. I hope you had a f- blasty blast uh, learning those. <laughs> I yeah. did. Yeah. The best basty, blasty blast. Yep. I think I can think of uh, other cool types of blasty blasts, but we'll save that for another episode. Literally. No, it's not, we don't... Let's, yeah, let's not blow our load on the first one of the night. <laughs> uh, this is this particular Royal Rumble of 2005 is the West Side Story themed one. That was weird, so, right? Yeah, it, it it was just weird in the promos and then not enforced at all in the show except for the set. But yeah, yeah, that was, it was, kinda, it was I interesting. It was weird because it was like it was like gang warfare, which has definitely. Um, hard designations of what are the teams, but the Rumble is exactly not that. So it didn't really make sense to me. I would say just the back and forth between Teddy Long and Eric Bischoff of Raw and SmackDown superiority, that was the closest thing to rivalry. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but but we didn't get any musical numbers or dances or wigs <laughs> and whatnot. So what a musical letdown. I mean, this Royal Rumble could have been up for a Tony Award. What the hell? <laughs> Shit. All right. <laughs> Let's get to the first match. No more fun facts. That's enough. No, no more fun facts. This is serious as fuck for the rest of the night. And we are starting off with Damn. someone someone who is uh, starting a little uneasy. Uh, he's starting his heel turn, morphing into the rated R superstar. First match is Edge versus Shawn Michaels. I love that right off the bat, JR called HBK a first ballot Hall of Famer. Nailed it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, right. He was uh, he was he was the first guy to go in the Hall of Fame his first year that he was eligible, right? I believe so, yes. I, I think he did, yeah. I mean I I know he did. I think he was the first one. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, very um it was like JR predicting the future. Right. And we were at his uh, Hall of Fame induction. You cried. I remember. I don't know what you're talking about. I know. I know. Well you're old, you forgot who you went to this rumble with, so it happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. My memory's not what it should be. I love that uh, right off the bat, both guys are just throwing punches at each other. Like, oh, you yeah, really they, got that feel. This was like a big match. And you got it. This is Edge and HBK, dude. I mean, two Hall of Famers, but back in 2005. So before they were even in the Hall of Fame, Edge, as Adam said, was really starting to hit his stride as a heel. Wasn't yet the, a rated R superstar, but you could see the seeds were planted to where he was becoming that guy. And I just realized Edge was the second guy to go into the Hall of Fame the first year he was eligible. Yeah. And it was yeah, the year right. after HBK. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, they started out hot. So leading up to this, HBK had um, Taboo Tuesday was two months before. It was 
Edge, HBK, and whoever were voted to uh, wrestle Triple H for the world title. Edge lost to HBK, so Edge was mad at HBK right away from that. that yeah, was instead of being pissed at the fans. Right, he's pissed at HBK. Yeah, he's pissed he, at HBK. He should have been mad at me. Um, <laughs> you don't did, remember who you voted for. Yeah. <laughs> the, the next month, they had the chamber match. HBK was the ref. Edge ended up hitting him with a spear. HBK super kicked him, and Edge lost. So that was kind of the setup for this match. So that's why it starts out so hot, and that's why it was a really good match to kick off the show. Yeah, it um, was. Yeah, and Edge was just being a dick. And you, it, like you said, this is really the beginning of the radar. He's not calling himself the radar superstar yet, but you're really starting to see that just like dick ass personality of his. Right. Um, and he'd been a so this is going leading up to WrestleMania 21. He came back right after 20 as a huge babyface because he came back for that neck injury. Right. So he's starting to turn now. Um, he's slamming HBK by his hair and, and doing his pose and everything. And then he starts getting his ass kicked. He tries to leave the ring. Because <laughs> that always works. Yeah, exactly. And then um, HBK goes after him, and the ref tries to stop him, and Edge hits him with a spear around the corner of the ring. It was fucking awesome. Did you notice the spot where Edge went out of the ring, and he missed a spot, and it looked like HBK got pissed at him? No, I almost didn't that. Yeah, almost like that uh, SummerSlam match against Vader. I think that was 96, when HBK just like straight up yelled at him and, like, mid-match. Him the, he like kicked him in the face. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Total dick move. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was like Edge went to do a baseball slide, or HBK went to do a baseball slide, and then it was like a duck into a clothesline, but they kind yeah. of botched the spot. Okay. And if you notice, like it seems like HBK's yelling at Edge for missing it because they immediately repeat it and hit it how it should have been done the first time. Oh, yeah. You know what? I didn't catch the yelling, but I did notice they did that twice. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. And then there was like a long-ass rest hold. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. had to, in my head, I'm like, dude, there's no way they're catching their breath here. All Edge is doing is in his head picturing how many different positions he's going to be putting Lita in later. <laughs> <laughs> this has nothing to do with rest. No, he stopped to contemplate. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, well, and then that's interesting because right after that is um, HBK hit a uh, elbow off the top rope and then he humped the mat. Right. Like, which was an interesting way to sell that. Right, he's like, try this one. So maybe he was thinking about Lita too. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't know, or Edge, maybe. Hey, it's all about the veterans helping out the young talent, you know? Yeah, there you go, yeah. Um, Edge reversed a super kick with an electric chair, which I think was the first time I ever saw that. My, maybe the only time I ever saw that. Yes. That was really cool. And then he locked in that fucking gnarly-ass leg... Or, it was like a leg submission of some type. It, it was, was like a reverse like a relief. almost standing kind calf crush, or that's probably a better term, not a calf crusher, but it was messing up his back big time. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Of, yeah, it was some sort of modified sharpshooter, I think, kind of. Yeah, you're it, right. Sort of, you're it right. Reminded me of a sharpshooter, but slightly. He was holding his legs in a different position, but that was a cool move. Or almost like instead of like, because you know how when Brett or Sting put somebody in the sharpshooter, mm-hmm. the opponent's facing one way, you're facing the other. Edge was facing the same direction as HBK, but had a sharpshooter in place. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess that's the best way to describe it. But dude, yeah. it looked gnarly as hell. I loved it. I'm like, it was, dude, he should have used that as a finisher. The same, if you're yeah. facing the same way, then you're administering some serious torque on them. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it was a cool move. Um, and then they kind of went into the finish not long after that. Um, HBK rolls up Edge. Edge reverses it and grabs the ropes and gets the pin, which was a great... It you know mm-hmm. it kept HBK strong. Not that he needed it. Um, it. I think that finish was more about Edge just looking like a dick than it was about HBK looking like he got fucked. 
Yeah, the right guy won mm-hmm. for sure. Totally, totally, totally. Started yeah, celebrating yeah. as if he authentically got that victory. Uh, just like you could barely hear it on the camera microphone. I did it. I did it. I did it. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Such a dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a really good match. That was like a. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't say it's the best opening match I've ever seen, but it was a really good opening match. Well, look, you want a solid Rumble opener? Put Shawn Michaels in it. It wasn't go. as good as Rockers versus Orient Express, but it was great. Shit, that would be interesting. Like, because right away uh, out of the Rumble, you have two openers that are awesome, both with Shawn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, great match. Um, I forgot to mention two things I forgot to mention. Um, Sign Guy was there, who I have not seen in forever. And I was like, I wonder if he's dead or if he's gone broke from going to wrestling shows. <laughs> That's a great question. Sign yeah, Guy, right. if you're listening. Yeah, I haven't seen him in forever. He's not one of those. They have all the, it's like a new generation of like super marks. But that one family is still always there. Yeah. Um, also, we didn't go over what we're drinking. You know what I'm drinking? This is a little teaser for uh, next week at Ribbomania. Is that sperm? That is, it does, oh, dude, it does look like that on FaceTime, huh? Yeah, it does. It looks <laughs> no, like you're getting ready to donate a sample. No, but you know what, though? I don't know if I ever told you, but I went to Duff's in Brooklyn, and I did a condom shot, which is like a drink. They, they pour a drink into a condom, and the bartender pours it out of the condom into your mouth. Um, oh. This would, this would be a good drink for it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, this is a key lime martini. This is what we're drinking next week. Oh, thank Rome. God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so thankful it's not sperm. Yeah. I don't know why you would care. <laughs> it's not my first rodeo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to mention that. I'm doing whiskey and water. Same old, same old. Blackened in water. Very boring. Yeah, you, you don't even need to ask anymore. It's just like, what's Scott drinking? That's the staple answer. Yeah, well, you're getting up in age, you know, like when you start to fall into those familiar patterns. Right. Dude, I had a bacon cheeseburger for lunch, and I wanted to fucking take a nap afterwards. Hell yes. I had a, um, I had the Santa Barbara uh, burger from uh, Habit yesterday Habit. Oh, at yeah. work, and I had a two-hour nap at work after it. Dude. I love then I wor- it. Then I worked till 4 a.m. <laughs> Holy shit. Sad. Yeah. yeah. Damn. So my after that, my last burger to- was back oh. on Sunday, and then I also got Fitz's hip-hop soda. Your next burger is probably going to be next episode. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so so after the match, we have a backstage thing where they're picking numbers. They have like the Tumblr and Christy Hemi is back there and Tori. Yep. And um, I forgot how much forehead Christy Hemi had. Holy got, shit. You could show oh, a movie on that, dude. Oh, yeah. She's got five head, dude. Oh, more than five. Holy yeah, shit. Oh, it's impressive. Oh, it really is. It yeah. really is. Um. Remember when she quit because she thought they should pay her two hundred fifty thousand a year? <laughs> that was great. She'd kill to make that now, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so would I. To be fair. To be fair, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, I would. So Eddie picks his number. You don't see what it is. Then Flair picks his number. Is thrilled with it. And then Eddie looks awesome too. He's like a he's he's dressed like a zoot Juco. suit. He's in a zoot suit. Woo! And he he picks Flair's pocket and takes his number. <laughs> Like, it was very Fresno. He's back there doing crime. Yeah, but the way they played it off was great because Flair starts showing people his number because he's so proud of it. And they're like, right. what are you so happy about? And he looks <laughs> at it and he's pissed. And then you realize at that moment, Eddie stole his number. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So great. good. Yeah. Then we cut to Heidenreich, who's having a panic attack. He hates caskets. <laughs> he hates caskets. And he's, he doesn't know what to do. And Snitsky shows up to uh, calm him down. 
Snitsky yeah. looks like he's been in a car crash. I don't know why his face is all fucked up. I can only assume Heidenreich didn't have his shoes and socks on. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So Snitsky before. sniffed that shit out and he was like, mm, hey. Right, he wasn't fully dressed. Yeah. Right, starts with the heavy breathing and shit. So I, <laughs> since I'm a historian, I did some research into their interactions. And the first time we saw them on screen together was at Survivor Series. Do you have, do you want to guess what they said to each other? <laughs> Heidenreich and Schnitzky? Yeah. Wait till you see this Lars Sullivan guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Am I wrong? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> no, you're not wrong, but that, that's what they said. <laughs> but that's amazing. <laughs> um... Snitsky says to Heidenreich, I like your poetry. <laughs> and Heidenreich says to Snitsky, I like what you do to babies. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So that's, so that's the setup for the under t- or the next match, Adam. So well, why does that uh, baby bottle have veins on it? So <laughs> So pretty much I f- I forgot Heidenreich's gimmick was a psychotic poet, and this segment and video package was a good time to show it. You'd think he's scared of this match and really couldn't hack it, and he should have gone back to hide in a straitjacket. And in this segment, he really didn't mask it, how much he didn't like caskets. Then Snitsky shows up. Mr. Backney Foot Fetish himself wants to help put... Heidenreich put Undertaker on the shelf, so it's obvious he'll interfere as part of the plan to make sure the body in the casket is the dead man's. The surprise was gone, and I was not in shock while I watched this match again on Pacock. Uh, so that gimmick would be the next match, <laughs> uh. Heidenreich versus Taker, coming up in a flash. Uh, the Druids come out and wheel it on in, and usually when they show up, it means Taker's getting the win. But I'm sure our listeners want to hear about this part of the show by our uh, drunk wrestling historian who watched this in Fresno. Uh, well done, sir. Wow. Very had, good. I didn't. Had, I had no idea you were going to do that. Had to look Your for the moment Randy to Popo. start it. <laughs> Throw your Frisbee, sir. <laughs> it's great because the f- the first note on my, on, on my uh, the first thing on my notes says no poem before match. Thank you for correcting that. <laughs> <laughs> I wow. mean, he did he did it in the video package. I figured, man, we got to one up this in this in this week's show. So there we go. I don't know, but that wasn't really poetry. You almost went like John Cena right there. Yeah, yeah. A precursor right. to a few segments later, but we'll get there. For sure, <laughs> for sure. So when when we were requested to review this show, my assumption was that we were told to do this show because they wanted us to rip on Heidenreich. No one requested this, I don't think. I, I, I think I came up with it. For some reason, I was looking at, I don't remember why, but I came across this show and I was like, oh, Heidenreich's on this show. That'd be fun. <laughs> well, there it is. Okay. So we were... Told to do this show because of Heidenreich. But it was just by you and not the listeners. Right, exactly. <laughs> Understood. Okay, okay. No, the listeners just want to hear that fuck Brock episode, but we're still in discussions for that. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, hol- we're holding out. We're waiting yeah, right. on the right kind of paycheck for that. That'll be like our series finale. Yeah, if we sell 10 shirts, we'll do that episode. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Dude, if we sell one shirt, I'll do that episode. <laughs> <laughs> You're easy. Yeah. And you could get that shirt by heading over to whatamaneuver.net. Boom. Adam's on it tonight, dude. Oh, yeah. He's on fire. Um, so the kind of the going into this match, we find out that 
Heidenreich hates caskets, which of course he hates caskets because if you wrestle someone who has something, you hate that. Every, like everyone who ever wrestled Jake the Snake was afraid of snakes. Right. Right. So if you right. wrestle Undertaker in a casket match, you're deathly afraid of caskets, which who's right. afraid of caskets? I've never known him. Like, is that, is there even like a phobia word for that? There probably well, is. We can rip Heidenreich all we want, but he plays a really good scared guy. He does. You're right. Yeah, I actually, scared, I was, unstable, and executing in the ring for that. Yeah. I, yeah. I always thought that Heidenreich, I thought he got a weird character, especially for a big guy, but I thought he did it really well. I was a Heidenreich fan. Like, I always liked Heidenreich. Oh, you were? Oh, absolutely, because, yeah, he was, they made him a lunatic. He was a good lunatic. They made him afraid of a casket. He was, a, he was really good at being afraid of a casket. I thought he committed to whatever he was given. He was fine in the ring you know he was nothing special but he was adequate but i thought he was pretty good (laughs) like as a character i liked heidenreich okay okay that's news to me i thought that you hated him no 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 hell no i hated snitsky (laughs) okay (laughs) loved heidenreich we're on the same page there then (laughs) yeah everyone hated that 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 actually clarifies it (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think his mom said he's just like his her third favorite wrestler Um, so right away, as soon as the match starts, Taker grabs Heidenreich in a headlock and drags him to see the casket. <laughs> so he's just like, fuck, he's torturing him already. You know, it's like psychologically just like tormenting him. And uh, Heidenreich's like, fuck this, I'm out. He starts to walk up the ramp. And I was like, man, that's two matches in a row that they yes. had that happen. Yeah. Kind of kind of odd to have him uh, re- be like right back to back like that. Um, and then Taker grabs him and Irish whips him into the casket, which was pretty cool. Then... I don't know. You One of you might know. Taker puts him in a triangle choke. Is this the first time we've ever seen him do the triangle choke? Because the first time I can remember seeing it. Yes. I to would, my knowledge, that was his first use. I, I, did, okay. I did make note of this. I want to say first use, but this formation is still years before Hell's Gate. Because I think Hell's Gate has more pressure on the neck. This was just triangle choke, I guess. Well, it's the same move, right? They just didn't call it Hell's Gate. Right, correct. It was yeah. just a guillotine. I thought yeah. it was pretty- like it was just legs. I think if, if for Hell's Gate, he's forcing more pressure by pulling on the head. That's a that's what I recall. You're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. It's not the same move. It's similar, but it's not the same. It's um, getting there. Yeah. So pretty pretty quickly, Snitsky does a run in and he starts beating up Taker. Surprise! Surprise! Then the casket. Yeah. Then the casket open and Kane comes out. At this point, I totally you know I didn't remember at all that Kane and uh, Taker were homies because what, 10 months before, or nine months before, they had wrestled at, at WrestleMania at 20. Yeah, yeah. Taker squashed him. Yeah, t- yeah, beat the fuck out of him. Um, so now this is pretty cool, because you have, like, the four weirdest people in the history of the company in the ring at the same time, right? <laughs> uh, oh, casket yeah. Opens. So, yeah, the casket opens, Kane comes out, and everyone is, they're all weirdos. Like, Undertaker killed his whole family. Kane did a sex tape with the dead body. <laughs> Snitsky is into old lady feet and takes responsibility for nothing. And kicks babies. Hi- yeah, yeah, it kicks babies. Heidenreich is into rape and p- poetry. It, they should have been a faction. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Dude, right? if they had gotten the oddities on board, it would have been fantastic. Oh, hell yeah. Well, see, yeah, they could have feuded with the oddities. Now, I read that the um, original plan was to have a tag match with Taker and Kane versus Snitsky and Heidenreich at WrestleMania. And I don't know if the plan changed because they wanted to do something with Orton or what, but <laughs> they ended up doing that match at a random house show instead. 
Well, you know, that actually makes sense because I'm wondering if the crowd reaction... I, I don't want to spoil too much, but Orton was turning. Yes. And Kane was just kind of thrown into that uh, ladder match at 21. So I think there's definitely some truth behind that rumor that you heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, so so Snitsky and Kane, they get you know run out of there. Heidenreich pushes the casket up the aisle to smash it into Taker when he's sitting at the side of the ring. And while he's walking it up there, there's a sign right on the ramp that says Heidenreich is an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was pretty cool. Um, Then what happened? Uh, Heidenreich sort of half-ass ended up inside the casket at one point. Taker uh, did a leg, uh, the leg drop from the apron onto it, right? Dude, the that crowd was, fucking loved that. Spot. That yeah, was brutal. That was harsh. That's rib crush, mm-hmm. rib crushing, shoulder crushing. Uh, however, his body was in there. That was, yeah. that's just resourceful. Woo. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, also exactly. got a holy shit chant. And I love yeah, holy yeah, shit chants. Yep. Yeah. Then so when they go into the finish, Heidenreich takes a DDT, a DDT onto his hip. Um. Then he <laughs> takes a choke slam, a tombstone. And, uh, Can we just they, say worst choke slam fucking ever? It yes. was a bad choke slam. Yeah, maybe horrible. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was like an awkward pickup or if he was just no. That when big. in doubt, blame Heidenreich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's always Heidenreich's fault. Yeah. Always blame Heidenreich. I mean, there there's we a go. reason he was unemployed a year later. Right. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Um, yeah, then he he doesn't really roll all the way into the casket. I don't, I don't know if he had his eyes closed he's, and didn't see where it was. He's or like he's halfway kind of on the side, halfway fetal position. Yeah, yeah, Taker had to kick him into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know what? The match was better than I remembered it being. I remembered thinking it was kind of lame, but it was actually a pretty cool match. Um, it was okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there was some bells and whistles with the casket and Kane and Snitsky. Uh, yeah, they dressed it up a little bit. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, unfortunately, the casket was not rolled away after the match to Heidenreich's future endeavors. He still had more to do. <laughs> but not much. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so after that, we've got uh, Teddy's in the back with Evolution trying to get Flair's number back. <laughs> Triple H called Eddie a jumping bean. Is that what he called him? I couldn't make it out over the audio. Yeah, and I was like... Dude, this was 2005. You know what I mean? This was yeah. 19... It wasn't 1955, you know. Like, never mind 1985. And it wasn't funny. It was just stupid. And even yeah. Eddie looked annoyed by it. Like, that wasn't a planned thing. Yeah, like, that was even, the best Triple H could come up with? Right, it wasn't even clever. Like, if you're going to say something racist, at least be clever. Like, Bobby yeah, or, or call him a fucking thief or something. But that's just fucking dumb. Right, right, yeah. But I thought it was great that he fucking... He's supposed to give his number back. He gives his wallet back because he lifted his wallet too. <laughs> yeah. So good. And Flair so didn't good. even realize it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was amazing, dude. Yeah, he really was. He really was. And this kind of reminds you how good Eddie was. And we hadn't even seen him wrestle yet. It was only a couple of backstage vignettes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In yeah. the sickest zoot suit. Still. Yes. So, mm-hmm. Adam, I'd like to introduce this next match because I'm looking up my notes and there are some major typos that... <laughs> I'd like to read. The next match is... It is yours. Ainge versus Big Show versus JBL Wallerud title match. Wow. Yeah. Drunk type well, we did We did skip over Christian and uh, John Cena freestyle rapping against oh, each other. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Rewind. And also there's uh, tension shown between Triple H and Batista. That's right. We are skipping a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, it's not a lot of stuff, but just some yeah. things of note. 
So at this t- at the time, this was not the first we'd seen that tension between Triple H and Batista. There'd been a Correct. little bit here and there. And this yeah. is where Batista was like getting himself over as a baby face by smiling. Yes. Right? Because he'd just like kind of smile at the camera and you're like, is he a wise ass? Is he like a nice guy? Like you couldn't tell. You just, for some reason, you liked that smile of his. Oh, you did? I don't know. I mean, the crowd would fucking pop every time he would smile. Oh, the just, crowd. Okay. I thought yeah. you meant you in particular. Well, me too. His... I was part of the crowd. Oh, good for you. At this show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to the match with Eddie's okay. misspellings. Wait, all right. Also, uh, the free the freestyle with Christian he picks uh, picks his number. Tomko is there, who refuses to beatbox for him, and then Cena shuts down Christian. And just like wrestle like Transylvania, or what, what's he say? Like Dracula's from Transylvania. I'm gonna win the Royal Rumble and go to WrestleMania. So talented. Adam's way better than Christian. Uh, yes. That's Captain Charisma, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> and now we go into crazy typo match. <laughs> yeah, crazy typo match. So it's Kurt Angle versus Big Show versus JBL for the world, world title. And uh, I love the way it starts because Kurt Angle just deci- decides he's just going to watch the match. He's taking a powder. Yeah, he just goes outside and he's like, make oh, them do guys- the work. Yeah, you guys deal with this. Yeah, as Big Show's beating the shit out of JBL, and I love the spot where Show got JBL in the corner, and he goes mm-hmm. to chop him and angle on the outside is telling the crowd to shush. So I love you that segment. See, and you couldn't see this on TV, but I remember it because I was there. Angle was pointing and laughing at JBL as it was happening, too. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. They somehow didn't get that on camera, but Angle was like loving it. He was having a good time. Okay, so I'm going to defer to the 2005 expert, Adam. Was Kurt Angle a babyface, or was he a heel going into this match? Fuck. Or was he a tweener? He was a heel, dude. I would... He was a heel for sure, or did he make the turn a little bit later in the card? Because I, I don't remember. Say... Oh, okay. I would and say I couldn't tell at from this, this match. point he's heel, but, okay. but obviously being tweener is not that far off, because... It was. It would still be the next year when he would get the world. He would jump from Raw to SmackDown just to grab the world title. At uh, Mania twenty two, he, I felt he was a tweener. I think at this point, maybe he hinted at it, but probably still a heel at this point. He, okay, uh, show Got is it. definitely the face in this match. So I was gonna say he was a heel because at twenty one against HBK, he was definitely the heel. But you're right. I forgot about later on. If he's not a heel now, he is by the end of the show. Uh, correct. Mm-hmm. I just didn't yeah. know where it was in this match because it, it seemed like maybe he was more of a tweener and they had been talking about Angle wrestling JBL the week previous on SmackDown. Okay. So I wasn't sure about his his face or heel status. So, okay, got that it, answered it. it. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So it was a pretty cool match. Like pretty early on, the way, you know, it's a triple threat, so someone's got to get taken out for a long time. So the way they do it is they're outside the ring and show, I forget why, but it was standing up on the steps, which had been moved over by the announce desk. He was trying to choke slam JBL. Yeah. Angle okay. comes over. Able, Angle comes over with the low blow. Uh, JBL's released. Then he clocks uh, show with the monitor. Teeters for like the longest five seconds yes. and crashing down. <laughs> yeah, right through the table. Yeah, yep. that was good. And he was out for a while after that. Yeah, he was. And then yeah. so that leaves Angle and JBL. Yeah, and you get some really good back and forth during that time when it's just the two of them. And it's one of those things where I'm like, 
I almost forget how good JBL was. That guy fucking was good in the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was so easy to hate. Mm-hmm. But then you'd watch him in the ring. And you're like, damn, he's good. I gotta yeah. like him. He, yeah, totally. Yeah, he was awesome. He was. Um, show gets back in. Angle hits a uh, angle slam on him. That was <laughs> impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then JBL kicks him right in the face. Yes. <laughs> Point blank. <laughs> yeah. Um, they end up outside and show spears JBL through the barricade. Which was that the first time we'd ever seen that? Uh, it was. First as time far I can as remember uh, it. Yeah, from my memory, that is the first time I remember seeing something like Could that. Be. Yeah, now it happens a lot. You probably see it like twice a year now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, whether it's Show and Mark Henry or whoever. Keith Lee and fucking uh, yeah, or Goldberg. Murphy. Yeah. Yeah, right. It, yeah, it's kind of a common thing now, but I, that's the first time I remember seeing it. Yeah, it was impressive. Yeah, it was cool. Um, the Bashams come in. They help JBL. Um, Orlando Jordan as well. Jindrak, Luther Reigns. Yeah, Big Show hits a flapjack on Angle, and when he pins him, Jindrak yanks the ref out. Yes. Yeah, otherwise right. it would have been game over. Yeah. It would have been game over. That would have been it. And then Luther Reigns, who was Angle's buddy, right? Was he? I thought he was part of JBL's cabinet, no? I thought I thought he was Angle's boy. I think uh, I think the Hoss two of them Benjamin were. The two of them were Angle affiliated. Uh everybody else was JBL affiliated. That's why they were attending to him. Yeah. From what I recall. Okay. Right. Yeah, and then um Yeah, Reigns, I think uh Luther Reigns just ends up getting like beat up till he's gone. Like he just like leaves. Yeah, unfortunately it wasn't for good. <laughs> <laughs> but it would soon be. Yes. Yes. Well, that's, he's one of those guys. We should do an episode. I was thinking about this earlier today. We should do an episode of guys who you thought would have been a big deal, but weren't not okay. Maybe Luther, he wouldn't make anyone's top three, but like Tomko was the one that really got me thinking about that because I thought Tomko was going to be a big deal. He was jacked. And he yeah. was. He could be red bodies. And the tattoos and the goatee, you know, he had a great look, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know what it was about him. But yeah, been a lot him of guys with like, Christian was a good rub. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there have been a lot of guys over the years like that who you would have thought would have been a big deal, like, um, like Velveteen Dream. But, uh, <laughs> but as of today. But, uh, <laughs> That'll make a good episode, I think, at some point. Yeah, no, I totally agree. There it is. Yeah. Put it in the books. It just made the list. Yeah. So It just made Jordan. the list? It just made the list. <laughs> You're so enjoying Orlando this Jordan. back behind the scenes segment. Go ahead, everyone. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say Orlando Jordan gets the AB on the ring. He hits a clothesline on angle one, two, three. Um, and this was the part that was like West Side story because it was like a gang beatdown. Yes. I, yeah. God how I gang assistance. had that. He had a huge crew. I forgot how many people he had in his posse. Also, Dude, that was a lot. Also, mm-hmm. the EMTs were out there. Suddenly, no, not needed anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true, huh? And yeah. dude, you know what's funny about this is if you look at the trajectory going into WrestleMania with these three guys, mm-hmm. Kurt Angle goes on to WrestleMania 21 to have possibly, arguably, the best match in WrestleMania history. Yes. JBL goes on to defend his title against John Cena at 21. But poor Big Show just goes on to WrestleMania 21 to show his ass to the entire world in a sumo match against Aki Bono. Yeah. The guy who was like, I wouldn't say he carried this match, but he was a a huge part of it. (laughs) He could, I would say he got the shaft. I wouldn't say he carried the match, but this is one of the matches where, like, I'm not a huge fan of triple threats, but this was a great triple threat and. A big part of that was because he was in it. 
Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was. It was a really cool. It was a much better match than I remembered it being. Um, the one thing I'll say about that, and we'll get more into this whenever we do a 21 episode, is, okay, Big Show had to show his ass in front of everyone and lose to a sumo wrestler, but he was in a featured match on the show. Like, he wasn't in a throwaway match. Oh, yeah, and he got paid hella money to do that, dude. I'd show my ass for that kind of money. I show my ass all the time. You do. You do. And I'm a big yeah. fan of it, too. I'm a big fan. I'm not paying you for it, though. Well, I, well that's, I mean, it's not that good of an ass. It's probably not worth it. Well, unless you put it in sumo gear, then I'm we'll talk my 40s, turkey. Man. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after the match, we go backstage. We have Batista with Carlito. And for some reason, Batista's talking about shoving a uh, petition up Carlito's ass. Right. Yeah, he, he winds up with, or he takes a bite out of the, out of the apple getting ready to spit in the face, and then Batista calls him out. Hey, remember what I did to that one guy last week? Think what I could do with this petition. And Carlito <laughs> swallows. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, just kidding, bro. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, go ahead, pick your number. I'll see you. <laughs> All right, next match. Oh, wait, also, also in uh, while Batista's picking his number... Uh, they say that Ev- Evolution is banned from ringside for the next match. Mm. And then That's right. Bischoff's like, do you, Batista, you want to tell Triple H or should I do it? And So a little tension leading up to that. Also yeah. about the roller, all those are all ornament-sized balls that are carrying the numbers and the speed that they're rolling it. It means that nothing is moving in there, so I didn't see what the point was of having it. <laughs> I, I didn't even catch that. Leave it to Adam to bring all the fun facts tonight. And poetry. Yeah. Fun yeah. facts! <laughs> and that leads us to the next match. This is for the World Heavyweight title. Evolution is banned from ringside. Randy Orton taking on Triple H. Immediately, the vocal males are making their presence known. Hella booing Randy Orton. Oh, yeah, they hate him. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they're yeah. tired of their girlfriends telling them right. that they're fucking crazy about Randy Orton. So here come the vocal males. Got to let Randy <laughs> Orton hear about it. Boo the pretty boy. Yeah, we like ugly ass Triple H because our girlfriends don't like him. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Orton slaps uh, Triple H before the bell. And they did a... They did a... I don't often even notice this or definitely don't mention it, but the lockup they did was killer. Hmm. I mean, it was aggressive. It was just like, it was tense. You know what I mean? It was really good. Like, that's how good it was that I no- I noticed it and I wrote it down. Interesting. Okay, I didn't even note it. Okay. Yeah, it was a really good lockup. Um, really early on, Orton hits a dropkick. And even way back then, he's a rookie at this point. That dropkick was killer. Beautiful. Beautiful dropkick. One of yeah. the best I've ever seen. Absolutely. And 16 years later, he's still got the best, probably the best dropkick I've ever seen. Yeah, that's actually one of my first notes is Randy Orton has an amazing dropkick. I didn't mm-hmm. note his lockup, noted the dropkick. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, slow, it, it starts out fast, then it really slows down, like majorly slows down. They go into a long figure four. Yeah, Triple um, H was working the knee like he was flair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. And um, during the figure four, I noticed there's a <laughs> I thought there was a guy in the front row dressed like Groucho Marx, like with the Groucho Marx thing. But um, then they kind of showed him up closer and he just had a Fresno mustache. <laughs> what is that, a Dirty Sanchez? 
<laughs> what is a Fresno mustache? Just like a big, wide, like Groucho Marx, uh, Groucho Marx mustache. <laughs> You've been to Fresno. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hornswoggle's been to Fresno. Yeah. He knows too. Yeah, he has. Um, so not long after that, like it kind of picks back up. After that, Triple H is outside the ring. He grabs Orton's foot. Orton's in the ring with his foot hanging out of the ring. And uh, Orton kicks him. And Triple H is whipping his ass at this point. Orton kicks him and shoots him over the table. And that turns the match around. Yeah. Then things pick up. And um, Orton starts whipping his ass. and uh, Not selling the knee anymore. I do want to bring that up. That bothered me. And that's a rookie move. It is a rookie move. Yeah, good point. Good point. Orton was only, what, two years into his, not maybe not even two years yet, into his run. So those well, things he, are going to happen. Yeah. But he should have been selling the knee a lot more than he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, Orton's, Orton's fucking Triple H up, and then Triple H hits a knee lift, and they do a double down. And that's when the match turns around. Because up to this point, I didn't actually remember thinking this was a great match. And up to this right. point, I was like, I was like, this match is okay. It's pretty cool. But this is where it gets fucking good. Because they do the double down. And then Orton backs Triple H into the corner, tries to give him a TDT. Uh, uh, H grabs the rope. And Orton, DD, Orton basically DDTs himself. And he's fucked after that. Okay, so I hated that spot. You oh, loved really? it. I hated it. I couldn't stand it, dude. It, to I me, it detracted why. from the match. Oh, w- really? Okay. I guess I don't know why I was going to say I know why you hate it. What, what do you mean it detracted from the match? They're going to tease that he had a concussion? Yeah. That, that mm, I could have done without all that. Orton, I don't think, needed to have that out to lose the match. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess. Um, okay, that's true. Because I mean, that's why he lost is he was supposed to have a concussion. Right. Right, and that kind of led to the finish eventually. And I don't think that Orton needed that. I think a clean win for Triple H would have achieved the same thing. And Orton getting a concussion during the match is like, okay, that's almost like HBK on his run to the world heavyweight title. When he started getting all those concussions and you were always worried about him, like, are they going to pull the same shit here with Randy Orton? So I looked at it in a different way. I looked at it as Orton made a crucial mistake and lost the match because of it. Not so much, not so much that he got a concussion. I actually kind of wasn't even paying attention to the, actual concussion part of it i was just like he's fucked up and it's his own fault because he made a rookie move like he tried to ddt triple h right next to the rope and the veteran grabbed the rope and he fucked himself up also when he first did it he sold it so well i thought it was real and i mean i was at the show i've seen it several times over the years but it's probably been it's probably been seven or eight years since i watched it i think the last time i watched it was right when the network started okay um so it's been a long time, so I didn't remember it very well, but he did such a good job of selling it. I was like, oh my God, dude, I think he's really fucked up. Yeah. Until um, Triple H smashed Earl in the corner. Right, and then you're like, okay, it's totally a work. They're but... moving right along, yeah. I was like, yeah. you're okay. Um, but I love, JR was so good during it. Here's, <laughs> yeah, I, I have a quote from him. Uh, Orton is in another stratosphere. The referee is still down. Triple H is holding his face. He may have broken his nose. There's a sledgehammer in the ring, and the world title is on the line. <laughs> it was just great because the match just started getting crazy. And Orton, you're like, you're kind of. I remember being at the show, thinking Orton's going to win because Orton had already been world champ at that point once, right? Yes, he had. So, so it wasn't out of the question for him to win, right? And I thought um, he was too. I totally. I, I thought Orton was going to go into 21 as champion. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and then um, Orton gets the hammer, right? Takes yes. the clothesline, and Triple H gets the hammer. He's about to use it, but Earl gets up. He yeah. tosses the hammer, hits a pedigree, and pins him. Yeah, like he was like, fuck it, I don't even need the hammer. The kid's concussed. Like, exactly, just right. take him out. Right, I would hammer- have been more okay with it if Triple H had just gone into the finish mm-hmm. after Orton fucked up after not hitting the DDT. I think the finish could have come a little bit quicker because then you have the Spar Wartons on the outside selling a concussion. Yeah. And Hebner's leaning between the top and middle rope talking to Orton like, if you don't get back in the ring, I'm going to count you out. Right. That doesn't happen. Just count the dude out. Like, why are you standing there threatening that you're going to count him out? He's concussed, if that's the case. Has no okay. idea what you're saying. Just count him out. Like, that was dumb. I agree dumb. with that. I agree with that part. But I thought the best part of the match was after that uh, botched or missed DDT. Okay, I wish this finish had come sooner because it all just seemed kind of dragged out and like yeah. Orton did a fine job selling a concussion so much so that like you were saying people in attendance thought it was real Triple H did fine in his role but I don't think Orton needed that to kind of like save like especially the direction his character went after the fact the concussion during the match was just kind of an afterthought and I didn't think it was needed okay just yeah, my over- opinion overall I love the match alright good talk all right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, and I guess was, we can go into 21 after I, this. I just felt like it was just like good, brutal, nothing stand out about it. Just obviously Orton's young. He's more mobile instead of nowadays, like just now he uh, starts pounding, pounding the mat when he's ready to hit an RKO and all the slow crawls and everything. But I mean, there you go. I mean, they had a good, brutal match. Yeah, they and, did. And, and Orton, so, actually, after this yeah. match, has he's going to start turning heel, and he mm-hmm. would end up facing The Undertaker at WrestleMania 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, with with another killer match. Yeah, exactly. So his face run was very, very short. Orton's was, but I was yeah. okay with that. Orton, to me, has always been a way better heel than a face. Absolutely. But the great thing about Orton is he's fine as a face. Yeah. He can work either way, but he's always better at a, as a heel. And even watching this match, you could see how good he was going to be. Orton, to me, is going to be one of the best ever by the time. Like, you want to talk first ballot Hall of Famers? Orton is that guy. He really is, yeah. And we'll get into this on another episode later. But his dad, you know, he had it in his genes because his dad was incredible. Absolutely, yes. He just came by it naturally. And, like, I don't, yeah, there have been, I mean, I've been saying this for a long time. Randy Orton is, like, I don't think I've ever seen a guy do more things perfectly than him. You know what I mean? Even Bret Hart or Mr. Perfect. Like, just everything he does is perfect. Yeah, and if you were to do a top five of all time and you had Randy Orton in your list, I wouldn't even argue. Yeah, he wouldn't be my top five favorite or anything like that, but top five just guys, what how good they are in the ring. Yeah, he probably would would Mm -hmm. make my top five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cool. All right, enough uh, sucking Randy Orton's nuts. Uh, (laughs) Aww. I know, because... um, Because we don't want to talk about the Viper. Oh, Ooh. shit. That's yep. our last call. Any points that we have uh, to make and any drinks that you have, finish them off. I think we might as well uh, do one more quick uh, backstage thing, and then we'll obviously finish off the show with the main event. Uh, first off, Kurt Angle steals Nunzio's number. <laughs> yeah, I bet Nunzio's fan was pissed. Yeah, <laughs> He doesn't even pickpocket. <laughs> yeah, you mean his mom? <laughs> his mom didn't even like him, dude. He doesn't even he doesn't even pickpocket him like Eddie does. He just punks his ass for it. Yeah, yeah. He just takes it and then like glares at him. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, do He's something, like, bitch. You could tell he wanted to call him like an Italian racial slur too, which we will not get into. 
I, I won't, but DM I, DM me if you want to hear some. Oh jeez. <laughs> also, um, uh, they go to Bischoff and Teddy Long. They're like commending each other. Okay, good matches. Uh, this was uh, pretty good. JBL and company comes in <laughs> shit faced. Here we go. <laughs> uh, and then said, so, then Teddy says, "All right, you know for." Uh, for all the shenanigans, you're going to have a match at No Way Out against the guy you did not pin, the Big Show, in a steel cage barbed wire match. Everything leading up to that, he is laughing his ass off. As soon as he said that, you see fear in his eyes. Yeah, that was a good switcheroo because JBL walked in totally nature like us at WrestleMania, yes, dude. Yes, He was fucking nature He was drinking. He had chicks around him. He had his entourage. He freaking called Teddy Long his nephew. He said, what's up, my nephew? And then he offered to get him a 40 ounce of malt. Oh, JBL God. was in rare form. Like, apparently him and Triple H got together and they're like, okay, how can we do stupid insults? You take Guerrero, I'll take Teddy Long. Let's make asses of ourselves. But dude, JBL was hellinating. Yeah, (laughs) we did it, pal. Yeah, that was good shit, pal. (laughs) No no problem, buddy. All right. After that, we have the main event. It is the thirty-man Royal Rumble match. So I love the start of this because this is the payoff to all the Eddie stuff backstage because yes. we find out Eddie stole Flair's number because he drew number one. Yep. And that's the perfect spot for him because he gets to come out in the low rider. Although, yes. it, would be kind of, although it would be kind of cool if he came out number like 15 in the low rider and just, you stop paying attention to the match. Yeah. And everything. <laughs> He's still entering as like the next two contestants enter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's great because... Number two's Ben Wass, so right away you're like, oh, cool, it's Eddie. Radical. And everybody knew. You get radicals, radicals together. Yeah. Right, exactly. And they start working each other over, and then right away we get to number three. And number three was Daniel fucking Pewter. Another fun fact, lowest vote count when we did uh, Taboo Boo's Day. So that's how important he is. Well, that's good because actually if, if we had done that episode on him, it would have been... All it would have been is the next four minutes of today's episode. Pretty much. Yep, exactly. <laughs> this is the highlight of that motherfucker's career. Um, so this is coming off tough enough where he just, they play, they made him out to be like a punk ass. And you, they made him out to be a heel. And like he had an attitude and this and that. And I've actually heard, so I have a friend. So Pewter's from the Bay Area. I have a friend who knows people who know him, right? A friend who's into uh, MMA. And I've heard he's an idiot, but I've also heard he's like a super nice guy, right? Like I've actually heard that he's, he's cool. He's actually a pretty nice, a good dude. But they totally made him out to be like the biggest dick entitled fucking prick when he came into the company. So you're like, cool, Benoit and Eddie are going to hate this motherfucker. And it's just yep. like, it was like, a, <laughs> the crowd was just like, oh shit. Yep. And they were right. <laughs> He gets in there. He cuts a promo before he comes in the ring. <laughs> and right away, they take him to the I mean, corner and start hitting him with chops. I mean, you yeah. got two friends, longtime friends, both heavyweight title uh, uh, champions uh, before this. They're going to mess this guy up. <laughs> and they did. 
and it was chop after chop after chop in the corner. I think uh, t- was Taz calling the match. I think Taz was calling. Ta- the match. Yeah, yeah, Taz and Jr. Taz, I Taz did, Jr. Michael. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think he just lost a nipple. <laughs> 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 they oh beat the God. fuck out of him dude it is, his chest looks like he got a sunburn on it. it's like a lobster on his chest he's fucked up and I love how before he got into the ring he got on the microphone and told the crowd they were about to witness history yeah nailed it yeah we did we did we yep did. yeah totally mm-hmm. did because who came in at number four Bob Holly. Holly yep he was, <laughs> and Hardcore Holly was on Tough Enough right and he was the one who like roughed him up and shit I think yeah, if known for hating rookies or wanting to haze rookies. Yeah, exactly. So now I I remember being there. There was like a feeling of dread in the arena. Like like you're like <laughs> yes, it's like watching like like I imagine if you were to be one of the witnesses at an execution, it would feel like this felt. It, dude, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was like I was watching a snuff film. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at the crowd, we're like number four in the ring, right? So we're eight. Uh, what six minutes into the match, the crowd's standing. The crowd never stands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this early in the Royal Rumble. Dude, there were more chops in this match than a fucking Braves game. <laughs> Sports. <laughs> yeah, it's just chop, chop. They're holding each other. They're, they're holding him. They're like restraining him, you know, like holding yeah. his arms back for chops. Dude, this must be how like chicks feel in Brazzers videos. It was like a reverse <laughs> gangbang, dude. It was horrible. No, it's like chicks in a Max Hardcore video. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Right? Like, like they should have been arrested for this. <laughs> Um, I think did Eddie do the three uh, three amigos on him? I think he yeah I think he did. And then Benoit hit him with like a couple suplexes I think, maybe. I'm not sure uh, about that. Yeah, I think he did. And then uh, Holly did the Alabama slam on him. And then they toss him. And uh, the best part of it was they tossed him during Hurricane's entrance. So you don't total even see him. disrespect move. Yeah, they're like wait till the hard cameras off. Yes, <laughs> they, they toss him when you can't even see him getting tossed. It was almost like they were signaled like okay Hurricane's music hits. Mm-hmm. The camera pans away to show Hurricane, and you don't even see uh, Pewter get eliminated. It just so, happened. I don't know if you know this, but the hot camera has a red light on it. They would know that. Okay. I have no doubt. I would not be surprised at all to hear. They're both dead, so we'll never know. But I wouldn't be surprised if one of them was looking for that red light on the hard camera to go off. <laughs> they fucked Pewter bad, dude. Yeah. They beat the shit out of him and then really unceremoniously did. threw his ass out. And I have to say, this is my favorite Royal Rumble moment ever. <laughs> wow yeah it was pretty good dude it was he did make history bit. yeah it, he really did yeah and they also, haven't taken an ass whooping like that since maven <laughs> oh god um so uh edge ends up in the match which was a surprise i didn't oh i have the order of uh entrance and elimination if do you, you want to read those do you want to yeah read if you want to work up to edge so can I, can, can I pee while you do that don't you have a bag I don't. I forgot to bring one home from work. I have a Gatorade bottle, but... What the fuck, dude? All right, fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're almost <laughs> at the end of the episode. Go ahead. We are. Okay. So, uh, Holly and Hurricane get eliminated by Benoit Guerrero. Okay. Kenzo Suzuki enters at number six, manages not to get eliminated. Edge comes in at seven. So, that would lead into your comment about Edge gets into the match. Yeah, just that... I mean, my comment was just that I didn't know... I didn't think he was going to be in it because he'd already had a match earlier. Okay, right. Okay, and then Ray comes in at number eight. Oh, yeah. uh, he, sign guy has a sign that says, you must be this tall to rumble. Come on, man. That shit's weak. We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about Chris Berman on ESPN. Come on, man. <laughs> Shelton Benjamin, the current 
at that time, Intercontinental Champion, comes in mm-hmm. at number nine. Booker T comes in at ten. And then out of nowhere, Bischoff comes out to encourage yeah. the raw people in the match. Right, which was weird. Like they need his fucking encouragement. But this goes to Adam's point at the very beginning of the show that there was that 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 rumble mentality, like brand superiority, like you want your brand to the win. Mo- the most minimal type of West Side story elements that you could throw and, into the show. And you're yes. totally right, dude. The West Side story part of it never crossed my mind in regard to the Raw versus SmackDown. Like it was like Raw was the Jets and uh, SmackDown was the Sharks. Is yep. the Jets and the Sharks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, never, that never, I was just like, what the fuck? Why West Side Story? Makes perfect sense. Thank you for uh, uh, deciphering that. So here's where it gets good. And I don't know if you guys noticed this. I'm sure you did. Number 11 is Chris Jericho. When Jericho enters the ring, looking at the talent inside of it, you Mm -hmm. had Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Edge, Chris Jericho, Booker T, and Shelton Benjamin. Wow. That is a hell of a pool of talent That's in the loaded. ring at one time. Yeah, yes. you're right. It was incredible. Would you like to guess who came out at number 12? Uh, before that, sign guy has one that says, throw them out like a Fozzie CD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if Eddie would have made his way down to the ring to kick that guy's ass for that remark. <laughs> They just yeah, hadn't the, written Judas yet. That's all. The, yeah, their early stuff wasn't actually that. Okay, right. there we go. Right. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Which so is I like just the mentioned of all of this family. amazing talent in the ring. Who comes out at number 12? Um, uh, uh, Here's a hint. We mentioned him earlier Luther in the Reigns. show. Luther Reigns. It was Luther Reigns at number 12, who yeah. literally is now the turd in the swimming pool. <laughs> But this is where it gets interesting because they do the whole like line in the sand where the raw right, guys the are on off. one side. Yes. That that's where cool, it got huh? really good. Wasn't that cool? That was great. Yeah. And then like do you that. remember who came in at number 13? Number 13. I don't have 13 in my notes. I, f- um, I didn't put a number, but I have a name. Muhammad go. Hassan. Nope. Yes. Wait. Yeah. That was 13. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My notes are goofy. Yeah, Muhammad Hassan was fucking so good, dude. And we've talked about him on this show before, how good he was mm-hmm. and how basically he got screwed because of the fucking network, man. He really did. That's- yeah, UPN really screwed him over. Well, to be fair, the company did too because I, like we said before on that one episode, I don't see any reason they couldn't have taken him off TV for six months and repackaged him with something different. Like, And he would have done great with it. You know, Yeah, I mean, talent is talent. Like he could have done something, he could have done just as well with something else. Because somebody will hit the ring, and you just know as a fan, as long as we've all been watching it, mm-hmm. this guy has it. Yeah. And, and when Hassan got in the ring, he had it. And it yeah. sucks the way his career went down. But he was number 13. He gets in the ring. It's a whole to-do. Yeah. But you could tell it was going to be a big moment because everything stopped. Right. And Hassan gets in. He does a celebration thing. And everybody fucking just gangs up on him. They all everybody, both him. both rosters just jump his ass. Fucking yeah. Ray hits a six one nine. Everybody just picks them up over their head and drops him out. Yeah. That's what yeah, I he got fucked. That's what I had about his whole thing in there. He is jacked. He has I could just tell he has so much potential, but crowd is just chanting USA. Like everyone's crapping on him because of yeah. obvious gimmicks, but man, let the guy But he work. had it. Let the he guy work it. That already. was that charisma yeah. that really like drew the fans to feel a certain kind of way about him one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Totally. He was so good. 
So Orlando Jordan comes in at number 14. Well, hang on. I think some... Oh, oh okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Orlando comes in at 14. Yes. Scotty Too Hotty comes in at number 15. And it's awesome what happens. <laughs> so do you remember a few years earlier... Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Maven got his ass whooped. Yep. I, I knew exactly where you were going with this. Poor Scotty Too Hotty in a fucking repeat performance... Gets the crap beat out of him by Muhammad Hassan, who is exiting down the ramp. Right, and he had gotten his ass kicked by Undertaker, who was going crazy, just killing, uh, trying <laughs> to do a murder on Maven. Yeah, yeah, and he fucking lays out Scotty with one punch. So Scotty Tuhati is officially the worst at Royal Rumbles. <laughs> it, yeah, because he never even got into the match. Twice. Twice. <laughs> yeah, which technically you could argue he was the winner of both of them, because he never technically got eliminated. That's true. <laughs> So yeah, he could be a two-time winner. But in comparison oh, to King and Santina Morella with one second, per se. Yeah. <laughs> yes. At least they have one second more than him. <laughs> so in a moment of the crowd not giving a single fuck, Charlie Haas comes in at number 16. Well, yay. The crowd went mild. The crowd went mild. <laughs> Luther Reigns is eliminated by Booker T. Mm-hmm. Followed by Orlando Jordan getting eliminated by Booker T. Yep. But then, as Booker is celebrating, he is eliminated by Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. And in my notes, I have, damn it. Yes, damn it. We wanted yeah. to see Booker win. Unfortunately, yep. he would go on to WrestleMania 21 and simply participate in the Battle Royal. He won it. Yeah. But that's what they thought of Booker T at the time, apparently. Mm-hmm. Rene Dupree comes in at number 17, and I had forgotten all about Rene Dupree. Sign guy has a sign that says, I spell loser, R-E-N-E. <laughs> That's actually not that good of a sign. I think it's great, because Rene sucked. I, Although, that, that French tickler was good, though. I was going to say, but he did have a move called the French tickler, so. Yep. <laughs> all right. You're back in my good graces. Okay, get, on, get, get to number 18. Okay, well, real quick. World's Greatest Tag Team rejoined temporarily to oh. do that move where one's holding the legs and the other jumps over. That was kind of yeah. cool to see. I'll Shelton number- gets... Hmm? Oh, I was going to say, I'll read number 18. Okay, well, Shelton gets eliminated by Edge. Yeah. Okay, so Shelton's out, and now we're at number 18. Number 18, Simon fucking Dean. <laughs> <laughs> and I love this. He comes out, and he's, he's not getting in the ring. He's got his stupid headset on. And JR is just like disgusted with him. He hates it. He hates it. He hates so, it. So Taz, he's oh. out, he's outside doing squats. He's preparing himself. He didn't he didn't prepare himself. We're forty minutes into the match and he's not prepared yet. He's got to yeah. do it right there at ringside after his entrance. JR watching Simon Dean is like listening to the cornet watching AEW. <laughs> Shit. No, it's not. He doesn't hate it that much. So Taz <laughs> says he recommends the Simon system. JR's response: If it's not chicken fried or barbecued, I don't eat it. I just think, <laughs> fantastic philosophy. <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> I love he's putting all of his warm-up gear on and he's stretching himself out, jumping like, jacks. J- like, yeah. there wasn't four matches before this or an entire fucking day leading up to this match. Yeah. yeah. So someone comes in before him, right? Correct. HBK comes in at number 19. HBK but in the in. interim, in between that, mm-hmm. Eddie Guerrero gets thrown out by Edge. Okay. Then right after HBK gets in there... Um, Simon Dean finally gets in and is immediately closed, lined out while yes. doing squats. He yeah. continues to do squats in the ring and is immediately closed, lined out by HBK. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Then Angle, was Angle next? Uh, well, Haas gets also thrown out by HBK. Okay. And then, yes, Angle comes in at number 20. Okay. 
he starts cleaning house and then pretty quickly takes an HBK super kick. It, yes, but before doing so, he invented taking everybody to Suplex City. Everybody got a Ooh, suplex right. by angle. You're right. I didn't even yes. German that. suplexes galore. You're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then at the completion of all of his suplexes, Brock that's that the spot bitch you were talking about. It's stealing from yeah. Kurt Angle. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he gets he gets super kicked straight out of the ring, right? Yep, right out. Super and kick and like, boom, he's eliminated. Yeah, and I was like, man, it's a shame because Nunzio would have lasted way longer than that because he's shady. Exactly. He would have been yeah. hella shitty about it and shady. And yeah, he would have been like Tajiri. Yeah. Exactly. Lurking around and whatnot. Yeah. So coach comes in at 21. Yeah, coach. <laughs> oh now God. keep in mind, Angle is still on the outside of the ring, pissed off. Right, right. Jindrak comes in at number 22. Okay. At this point, Angle goes full heel. Yeah. This is when he gets in and he jumps HBK. Yes. Um, tosses him and beats the fuck out of him outside the ring. Yeah, dude. Like, draws blood. Yeah, HBK is bleeding during a Royal Rumble. Right. Maven. <laughs> gets color in a rumble, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's the second person ever to get color in a rumble. The first one was Maven. Yeah, you know? not since Maven have we seen color in the rumble. Only thing that, that was, was missing was a bucket of popcorn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that set up the WrestleMania match. Yes, that sets up 21. And again, arguably the best match in WrestleMania history. Arguably. I mean, definitely to that point, I don't think you could I don't think you can even argue. No, I could. I would say well, Steamboat and Savage. Yeah, yeah, okay. But it was the greatest match since Steamboat and Savage in WrestleMania history to that point. Okay, that's fair. Okay, so Viscera comes in at 23. And JR says you would need to weigh him on a livestock scale. And Taz says, <laughs> Taz says livestock? That's like cows and stuff, right? Jesus. <laughs> Come on, Taz, keep up. Yeah. We can't keep doing this. <laughs> Paul London comes in at 24. And he looks drunk with that entrance, with stomping his feet and looking behind himself and looking above him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> He's hearing weird. shit. He had a weird entrance. Yeah, he was sketchy. Yeah. Uh, Rene Dupree gets thrown out by Y2J. Okay. In comes Cena at number 25, and the crowd loses their shit. Ruck yeah. Fool's shirt in hand, U.S. spinner belt around his waist. Yes. The crowd is so on this, fire. Yeah, you listen to that crowd reaction. That tells you everything you need to know about Cena in 2005 that totally. dude was fucking over oh, like yeah. it was literally him and batista like those way. were the guys yeah yeah cena throws out viscera mm-hmm. sign guy in has com- a sign that says viscera makes the king lean i don't know does that mean that he makes jerry lawler scissor that or like he mixes sprite and uh cough syrup <laughs> yeah double cups probably yeah that's lean probably sure yeah. So, Schnitzky comes in at 26. Yeah. Ooh, and- dude, I'm going to let you take that one. Oh, man. Footsky nailed Paul London with a punch. <laughs> and I was like, Footsky. <laughs> when he, dude, when he hit him, I was like, his eye is going to look like Footsky's back. <laughs> and then uh, Paul London ends up on the apron, and, and Footsky hits him with a clothesline, and he does like a backflip yes. out of that yes. clothesline to the floor. It was crazy. It was great. Yeah. We haven't seen something like that since um, Taka got yeah, tossed yeah, yeah. out at that rumble. Mm-hmm. We fell on Broke his face. His nose. So, yep. so that uh, that sell by Paul London uh, got him, what, suspended for eight months or so? It did? Yeah, because he, o- because he oversold it 
The fuck he did? That looked great. I thought it was cool. Like, be- I didn't know because that. of Snitsky's uh, weight advantage way much over Paul London. I would think a flimsy body like his would be able to do that, but apparently he got he got in trouble for it. And he got stretchered out too. Like I mm-hmm. thought that that was the appropriate sell for the the after yeah. with the whole stretcher thing. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. All, maybe, I didn't know that. Maybe they were mad they had to bother Tony Gurria to go get a stretcher. <laughs> Tony, we're sorry to bother you, but uh, <laughs> wake up, Tony. Okay. Yeah. We- <laughs> also, after that, uh, sign guy has Snitsky is good birth control. Wow. That sign guy bringing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kane is at number 27, which yeah. normally 27 is very lucky. So we'll see what happens to Kane here. Uh, at this point, the stretcher comes out for Paul London. Mm-hmm. Kane takes everybody to Chokeslam City. Bautista comes in at 28. Yeah. Crowd and again, the rucks. crowd goes wild. Huge, huge pop. Huge pop. Like him and Cena, absolutely pops of the night. Mm-hmm. It was like the Road Warriors from 86 walked in. Right. Bautista eliminates Snitsky. Bautista eliminates Y2J. Then here comes Christian. With my favorite song, and Tomko. Yes. And he should have won. At number 29, Cena tosses Kane. And then here comes Flair at number 30. Okay. Flair tosses Coach. Thank God. (laughs) Coach has been in the match for like 25 minutes. I already forgot Coach was in it. (laughs) Me too, because he didn't do anything. He hit in the corner. Right, exactly. It was pretty good. Yeah, pull the nuns here. Christ- <laughs> Christian gets thrown out by Bautista. Mm-hmm. Flair throws out Benoit, and then this is where well, Flair before tri- that before that Benoit chops Flair like he's fucking pewter. <sighs> disrespect. Yeah, I think the Flair disrespect was this guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at that point, Flair throws out Benoit after Bautista had like fucked him up, mm-hmm. and then he tries to grab Bautista to throw yeah. Bautista out. Yep. And Batista's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, seriously, old man? That's, that was your plan? Is you crazy? Is you crazy? <laughs> but then Flair gets thrown out by Edge before so anything can happen. And now we're at the final four. Yes, we have Which, Edge, Cena, Ray, and Batista. This could be the best final four of all time. It could be, dude. It I'd could have to be. go back and look, but I yes. mean, this is a very strong final four. Because you've got... Well, you have four, four uh, future world champions right yeah none of them had been world champion yet oh uh, that's correct none not of them had been none yet. of them but yet they all but they all would be within like just over a year yes uh, well cena and bautista both within like two months, two months of this and an edge within a, you know a little over a year and ray was ray right was that. that mania Same with the ray yeah. Yeah. yeah i'd say also like minus bautista when cena first debuted he had like a very like a brief alignment with uh, edge and Ray uh, on SmackDown, mm-hmm. like they didn't become a faction, but still, that's a loaded group right there. They, totally, they, totally, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Edge hits Precursors. Ray with a spear through the ropes to take Ray out, which was really cool. Yeah, so Ray's the first one out of the final four, and then uh, they both seen and Batista both toss Edge. Yep, and they do a stare down, and the crowd is going banana. Yeah, so this is where we get to the Shark Actually, versus the Jet. I this guess. is where we get two of the most infamous moments in Royal Rumble history. Yeah. So pretty, it's a little bit of back and forth. 
but not much. There's, you know, uh, Cena tries to go for a, um, it was called the FU at that point. It really yeah. didn't last uh, long at all. It was only, yeah, it was quick. And Batista like elbowed him a few times, got out of it. He goes for a Batista bomb, loses his balance, falls backwards out of the ring, which from everything, so they both hit the floor at exactly the same time. From everything I've read, that was the plan, but Batista was supposed to hang onto the rope. Oh, like, really? That's how it was supposed to go down. Because I've heard different theories, right? I've heard that Batista was kind of uh, loopy from a, a punch from Cena. So I went back and watched. Cena threw three punches, but they were all open-hand slaps. That's an open-hand slap, son. Um, <laughs> and they were to, like, his neck. So he definitely didn't knock him knock him loopy. Um, Batista was supposed to fall backwards out of the ring with Cena, but he was supposed to catch the rope and hang on. I think I saw Pritchard talk about it. Or maybe, maybe it was JR, one of the two. So that was the finish, but they fucked it up. Okay. And how both, how do you get the exact same hit? Like it I, was a perfect fuck up. Wow. You can't, you can't. Yeah, you can't do that on purpose. I don't think. You know. If not they if even tried, tried a thousand times, that. no. Yeah. It's such a hard thing to do. They would never plan for that because the odds of of it work going well would just be too slim. Yeah. Now, Scott, I texted you, and actually, you didn't. I don't remember if you responded. I said. Pay attention to the referees after that. Did you catch that? Did you see that text and did you pay attention to the referees? I, I tried to, but I didn't know what you were getting at with it. It looked like Jack Doan immediately signaled Batista as the winner. He did. Um, oh, I think, let me see. I have it written down. Um, so the SmackDown refs say Cena hit first. And as Batista's getting back in, Jack Doan, which not all the refs had an earpiece. I paid attention. They don't all have an earpiece. Okay. Jack Doan says to uh, Jimmy Corderas, he says, raise his hand, raise his hand. So he's getting directions from the back telling Jimmy Corderas, who's a Raw referee, to, t- to raise Batista's hand. Before that, Corderas and whoever the other Raw referee were, they were kind of just sort of indicating to each other that uh, Batista hit first. Okay. And they were going to give it to Cena, which would have actually been the opposite of how it was supposed to be because I think Batista was supposed to hang on to the ropes. So they get an audible in their ear from the back saying, you guys start fighting over it. Right? So now I read an interview with Corderas. So now here's where Vince comes out. And Vince is doing like the fucking power walk from hell. Like and yeah. he looks He's legit pissed. pissed. He yeah, legitimately mad. Yeah. And I think he might have been mad at um, Teddy Long and Eric Bischoff. Because Corderas said he could hear in his ear- earpiece, which made me think, why didn't they... Why didn't they tell him to raise his hand if he had an earpiece, but maybe they're getting different directions from different people. I don't know. He said that he could hear in his earpiece, go get Teddy and Eric. They were going to send them out there, which wouldn't have actually made a lot of sense either because both guys would have argued that their own guy had won. The, like more, of, out more they, of this gang superiority. You got the refs involved now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. obviously they're both going to say their own guy from their own show and won. Right. So it, it kind of would have been goofy anyway. It actually ended up better. that. So it turned out they had split early to go to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I think that might be who Vince was fucking mad at because now he's like, now I got to go out there and fucking deal with it, damn it. <laughs> well, JBL was natching. Maybe they left with him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're at the bar with JBL. Yeah. And uh, Amy Weber. Right, and Orlando. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I, they, they said in the back, they were playing it back. Well, Pritchard said they played it back from every angle in the truck. Now I watched it. It was 19 seconds between the time they hit the floor 
and the referee started declaring both guys winner. So I was okay. like, Pritchard's remembering it wrong or just is telling a weird story. There's no way they played that back from every angle in 19 seconds. But it's basically Vince comes out there, dives into the ring, and he doesn't get up. He just sits on his ass. And at the show, being there live, I'm like, what the hell is this? What's going on here? What is he doing? Get that man a chair. Yeah, why is he sitting <laughs> down? This is weird. Yeah. Um. So long story short, they restart the match. Vince says restart the match. They restart the match. Pretty quickly, Batista tosses Cena, and that's the end of the show. Yeah, it was like seconds, 20, dude. Like, 27 seconds later. Yeah. It's yeah. a spine buster, picks him up, and out he goes. Yeah, and uh, and right before it restarts, uh, Jim Ross is doing one another classic Jim Ross call, and he yells, and the chairman is sitting in the ring. <laughs> it's weird how, like, his whole run-up, he is, he is fuming as soon as he uh, sits, sits down because... We know the result. Torres quads. You suddenly see so much fear and confusion in his eyes. Yeah. yeah. So apparently he tore he tore a second quad walking to the back because he wouldn't let anyone help him walk to the back because he was in front of everyone. Oh, I thought he ripped them both when he jumped into the ring and hit him on did, the apron. I did too. But uh, that's what Jim Ross said in his book. And he said that when Vince got to the back, they told everyone, clear out. Don't anyone be in the hallway because they're walking Vince who was fucking guy walks to a limo to go to the hospital he wouldn't take an ambulance he walked to his limo damn I, I saw edge said the same thing that they were told don't be in the hallway because vince is out there fucked up oh shit so yeah so that was how that ended up going down dude that's like two massive botches in yeah. your main event of one of your big four like right. that is hilarious yeah. to me like two very infamous moments in rumble history yeah. happened within like seconds of each other exactly yeah yeah it was crazy yeah, what a what a finish. You couldn't even scripted that, dude. There's no way to even have that play out the way that it did if you had it scripted. Yeah, totally. So funny. Yeah. So after the match, I started thinking like thinking about who was in the match. One of the cool things about Royal Rumbles, watching the old Royal Rumbles, is seeing the guys that you just kind of forgot about. So in this one, it was Luther Reigns, Jin- um, Orlando Jordan, Jindrak. Uh, Jindrak. I had um, sort of forgotten about Paul London. I forgot about Paul London. I forgot about Rene Dupree and Fifi. Kenzo Suzuki. Kenzo Suzuki. And I actually sort of forgot about Charlie Haas. And then also I realized Jericho, Edge, Ray, Shelton Benjamin, and Christian are all still wrestling now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So just to wrap it up, kind of like, I liked it a lot. I love the Royal Rumble match. I thought it had some really good comedy with Simon Dean. Um, I thought it had a really good Final Four. And it had some nice light BDSM with Daniel Pewter. <laughs> Bordering on snuff film. The son of a bitch didn't yell out his safety word. That's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Adam, let's wrap this up. We we did it. We made it through uh, this West Side Story of Fresno. We only went 18 minutes late. Only. Happens. Only. But still. We'll run run through the next ones. But still, we hope uh, this episode was still filled with lots of entertainment. As always, please let us know what you think about this episode and keep uh, leaving us reviews. Uh, That's how we grow as a show. And uh, please continue to spread the word out about us. Again, our uh, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok handle is wrestling underscore drunk. In that case, with Eddie and with Scott, I'm Adam. Just reminding you to please continue safety protocols. Enjoy Buzz. Watch wrestling responsibly. Drink like nobody is watching. We will see you next week for another episode. One, two, three. Ring it. Cheers. Bye, shirt.